What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. God created the heavens and the earth, and that's where we're moving in Genesis. We start from there in the beginning and we move from that point in time. We move to a description of the creation of the earth and the heavens and the creation of light and the seas and the grasses and the herbs and the trees and, and the creation of the sun and the moon and the stars and life in the seas and life in the air, birds, flying things, and life on earth and finally the creation of man. That's how we move from the book of Genesis. But the book of John When it starts from in the beginning, it doesn't move forward, it goes backwards. It says in the beginning, and then it tells us what existed in the beginning. And it gives us three statements about what existed in the beginning. And what what existed, and the first statement is, in the beginning, there was a person. There was a person, and his name is the Word. The Word, in the beginning was the Word. Who is this person? Who is called the Word? Why is that person called the Word? In the beginning was the Word. But then we look down further in verse 14, in John 1, 14. It, it talks about the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. This person, the Word was made flesh. This is how the book of John introduces this special person with the name of the Word. This is his name that is introduced to us in no other place in the Bible but in the book of John. This is so different from Matthew where he starts off in Matthew 1.1, 1, 1, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. It's so different from the book of Mark where the first verse starts off in Mark 1.1, 1, 1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God. It's so different from the book of Luke where it builds up to, and then later in verse 31, there's an angel speaking, and the angel says in verse 31, behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, speaking to Mary, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. So in all of these other Gospels, we're starting very much from Bethlehem. Bethlehem, but the book of John in verse 18, it talks about the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father. So John's starting from the bosom of the Father. And the book of John is the only one that uniquely introduces him with this totally different, unique name of 
the word. And that makes us think, why is he called that? Why is he called the word? What's the purpose of a word, of the word? What's the concept behind word? Well, we know that words communicate. I mean, I'm using words right now for, for communicate. Fortunately, you speak English, more or less. <laughs> Sorry. So we understand what I'm trying to say. Because words effectively communicate. And if I couldn't use words right now, but I just had to stand up here totally mute and kind of go through a charade game of trying to get you to understand, you would leave very quickly. That's just not going to work. Why? Because words are necessary to communicate. I'm trying to communicate. God communicates through words things that are unknown to us, things that are unknown to us, like who is God? Like what is really this problem between man and God? I feel pretty good but there's something missing, big void, emptiness in my heart. I know there's something missing, and God comes in with words and says, yes, I'll tell you what it is. There's a huge problem here. It's called sin. It's called offense, what you've done against me. You've sinned, not just sinned. You've sinned against the Lord. And then God comes in with words, and he says, now here's a solution for this problem that exists between man and God. That means that no one can know God unless the word, unless words are used And so therefore, when he is given the name of the word, this is so important because it's like it's telling us he is the communicator with God. Someone is to put it this way. Jesus is God's conversation with man. And so it says in Matthew 11, 27, Matthew 11, 27, the Lord said, all things are delivered to me of my father and no man knoweth the son but the father. Neither knoweth any man the father save the son and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Words reveal. He's called the Word because he reveals. Therefore, when you look at the Isaiah 53, it starts off and it looks like it says, wow, I wonder who believed our report. Kind of looking around. But then he said, no, I'm going to go a little bit deeper. No, to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? That's the issue here. It's all about revelation. And like we said in John 1.18, no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. He's made him known. The only person who knows God in person is the Lord Jesus and the people, the ones that the Lord Jesus reveals God to. That's why he's called the Word. He's the communicator of God to man. And the great purpose of the Lord Jesus Christ is to communicate from God to man. And all God wants to say is tied up in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he's called the Word. That's why when he came, everything changed as far as how God is communicating with man. Hebrews 1.1 marks out that change and happened. God communicates with man. When it says in Hebrews 1.1, God who at sundry times, different times, and in diverse manners, various different ways, it spake in time past under the Father's by the prophets, that's the past, verse two, has in these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he's appointed heir of all things. So that means in the past, in the Old Testament, God used many, many ways to communicate with man with very different prophets, many different prophets, different ones, but the Lord Jesus is God's ultimate and direct means of communicating. That's why it's called the word. And And in the word we see in the Lord Jesus the glory of God. He communicates the glory of God when it says in John 1.14, John 1.14, the word was made flesh. The word was made flesh. By the way, just a little side note here. 
just so you know. That's my prayer before I get up to preach. That's my prayer. I say, Lord, make your word flesh. The word was made flesh. Anyway, it says about the Lord Jesus, the word was made flesh. He dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So, so this is the first statement about the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the, he's the communicator. And it says, in the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the word. It doesn't say, in the beginning is the word. It doesn't say, in the beginning the word began. It just says, in the beginning was the word. Was the word. And that shows that this person, whose name is the word, always existed. There was never, you can't go back to a point in time when he didn't exist. There was never a time when this person who was called the word never existed. He's eternal, which is why when Daniel saw him in Daniel 7, 9, Daniel said, I beheld till thrones were placed and one that was the ancient of days did sit. He saw him, he called him the ancient of days. He's everlasting, everlasting, he's eternal. And the second great statement that's made in John 1, 1 is that the word was with God. Now, this is telling us not just that he was hanging around God or with God in the sense of physically, but it's really an elaboration of what's talked about in Proverbs 8.22. In Proverbs 8.22, this is the word speaking when he says, the, word, the Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, or ever the earth was. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, and the highest part of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the death, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the water should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, I was by him as one brought up with him. I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the habitable part of earth. Now, this is not telling us that the word, who is the Lord Jesus, was just in the same place as God. It's telling us more than that. It's this statement is telling us that the Lord Jesus is one with God. He is echad with God. And he's not only one with God, but that other word, he is united in agreement with God. He is yachad with God. Echad and yachad. So the statement is telling us that the Lord Jesus is one with God, and that's what he said in John 10.30, John 10.30, when he said, I and my Father are one. And this is it. And these are the three persons. These are the three persons in heaven. They are in a total 100% agreement. And they are identified in 1 John 5, 8. 1 John 5, 8. These are three that bear witness in earth. The spirit, the water, the blood. These three agree in one. This is the same statement that the Shema is making in Deuteronomy 6, 4, when it said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Shema Yisrael, hear, O Israel. Yehovah Eloheinu, the Lord our gods. Yehovah Echad, God is one. So the Lord Jesus is one with God in that aspect. He's one with God in his works, as he said in John 5, 17. But Jesus answered and said, my father worketh hitherto, and I work. I mean, this gets at the fact that the Lord Jesus is Yachad, united in agreement with God. Remember how we saw this back in Genesis 22, that great truth that when Isaac knew and fully came to understand and had confirmation of it, that he 
or let me put it this way, that Abraham wanted him to be the sacrifice. Pretty shocking. And how it says in, in Genesis 22, in that chapter, when they're speaking about Abraham and Isaac, and after this is dawning on Isaac, twice it says in that chapter, they went, both of them together, they went yachad. They were in agreement. They were united. And the Lord Jesus was yachad. He was united with God in full agreement, even though it meant that God wanted him to be, to be the sacrifice, just like Abraham wanted Isaac to be the sacrifice. And even so, the Lord Jesus was in agreement, yachad, with God. He was one with God. He was one with God the Father to be the sacrifice for man's sins. And the Lord Jesus is one with God in honor also, as he said in John 5.23, John 5.23, that all men should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son honoreth not the Father which has sent him. He's one with God when, in the sense that when you saw the Lord Jesus, you saw God. As it says in John 14, 9, John 14, 9, Jesus saith unto him, have I been such to Philip? He was saying, talking to Philip. Philip, and Philip has just told him, I don't know how we're gonna get to heaven. I don't know how we're gonna know God. I don't know, I don't know. So the Lord Jesus says, Philip, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then he goes on and he says in verse nine, Jesus saith unto him, have, not, have I been so long time with you? And yet thou hast not known me, Philip. He that has seen me has seen the Father. How sayest thou, show us Show us the, the Father. The Lord Jesus is one, is one with God that when a person loves the Lord Jesus and obeys the Lord Jesus, then both the Lord Jesus and God come to dwell inside of that person. It says that in, in John 14, 23. John 14, 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him. We will come unto him. We will come unto him, he says, and we will make our abode with him. We're gonna set up our tabernacle inside of him. So when the Lord Jesus came to earth, he came to earth, it was just, just for a temporary time, just for a, a relatively short time, so that he could accomplish the greatest feat of love by bringing lost man to God. He said in, in John 16, 28, John 16, 28, I came out from the Father and am come into the world again. I leave the world and go unto the Father. And you couple that together with Hebrews 2.10, with Hebrews 2.10, where it says, it became him, for whom are all things, and through whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory. He's gathered them up to bring them to glory. Now there comes the third statement about the word when he said, the word was with God. There's, the word was God. It just says that in John 1.1. Very simple statement. The word was God. No interpretation is needed for that statement. You cannot get it clearer than saying, Jesus Christ is God. And he was there. The Lord Jesus was there, obviously. When Thomas said to him in John 20, 28, John 20, 28, Thomas answered and said unto my Lord and my God. And it's interesting, when, when Thomas said that to the Lord, the Lord did not say, no, Thomas, you got it wrong. Let me correct you. As a matter of fact, the reason why the book of John is written, John says, look, you know, there's many, many things I could have written about, you know, I was like, uh, but I selected what I wrote, and I had a purpose when I selected it. And he tells us, it's nice, nice he does that. John 20, verse 30, John 20, verse 30. John says, many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Then he dives right into it. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. You might have life through his name. 
So this is John saying that so many things I could have written, but I've got two purposes in this book of John. The first one is to bring you into a solid, embracing conviction that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Christ. He is the one who's been promised by God. He's the one who came, as God promised in Genesis 3.15, to rescue man. That's him. That's the first purpose. The second purpose is that I want you to embrace the truth, to embrace this conviction that Jesus is the Son of God. You know, whenever it says the Son of God, you know the best way to understand what it means when it says the Son of God is just to say, God the Son. He's God the Son. So John wants us to believe that Jesus is God the Son. You know, I've heard many people will say to me, well, Jesus never claimed to be God. Other people said that about himself. So just to remove any doubt that Jesus claimed to be God, the Jewish leaders, they clarified this issue very carefully in one encounter that they had with the Lord, which is a verse I quoted to you earlier, which is John 10.30. John 10.30, when the Lord just made the simple statement, he just said, I and the Father are one. That was an explosion. I and the Father were one. Then it says in the next verse, John 10.31, John 10.31, Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. So they're going to kill him. And then, and Jesus answered them, you know, can't you picture the Lord saying, what? (laughs) Many good works have I showed you from my father. For which of those works do you stone me? And the Jews answered him, because they understood what he was saying. The Jews answered and saying, for a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy because that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. They knew what he was saying. He never said, no, I didn't. You got it wrong. I didn't mean that. I meant that, you know, I was just in agreement with God, but I didn't mean that I was God. He never said that. He let it stand. He let it stand. And this has always been the position of the lost, that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. You know what the truth is? It was just the opposite of that. That thou, being God, made thyself a man. That's what happened. But they got it wrong, the reverse. They said, oh, you're a man, you made yourself God. No, I'm God, I made myself man. It's just like at the cross when the Jewish leaders came and they said, if you're God, come down from the cross. And then they said, that we may see and believe. And that's just the opposite. That's not the way it works in God's economy. There is no see and believe. It's the opposite. You believe, then you see. That we may believe and see. Not that we may see and believe. So here they got it. It's just, a, it's just a minor problem. It's not a minor problem. It's a big problem. So they wanted to kill him because they knew he was claiming to be God. And believing and embracing that Jesus is God is so important that he said that, he said, on this issue of whether or not I'm God, he said in John 8, 24, John 8, 24, I said, therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins. It, that's a bad thing to die in your sins. No one should die in their sins. Dying in your sins is like that scene from Master and Commander where where the guy grabs a hold of the cannonball and jumps into the water and the cannonball causes him to drown. That's what dying in sins is. You don't want to let go. Don't hold the cannonball. It's going to bring you down. And so, and, and the Lord wants no one to die in their sins. He says he's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance in Peter. He's, he's in Timothy. He will have all men to be saved. That means he doesn't want anybody to die in their sins. So he said, if ye believe not that I am, now the Bible says he, 
you shall die in your sins. If you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. Now, the word he is in italics in the King James. It's in italics. Why? Because it's not there in the text. It's the translators added it. They thought they were going to help us. They didn't. If they would have asked me, I would have told them, but no one asked me, so what can I do? Anyway, it's not there. So what he's really saying is that unless a person believes that I am, he will not go to heaven. Well, the title I am is very special because that's the name that God said his name was when he was speaking to Moses who met him. And from that point on, Moses understood that's the name of God. And God told him, you tell him I am the sender by this name. Exodus 3.14, Exodus 3.14. God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. Moses, let's, let's rehearse it now. You're gonna stand there and you're gonna say, I am hath sent me unto you. You got it? So he stood before the Jewish people and said, I am sent me unto you. Anyway, that was, didn't sound. So I am sent Moses to deliver the Jewish people from Israel. I am, this person I am, God, whose name is I am, brought 10 plagues. On, on Egypt. This person who, whose name is I Am opened up the Red Sea for Israel to walk on dry land. This person who is called I Am conquered all the Canaanites and made the walls of Jericho fall down. This person who's called I Am was a pillar of fire to the Jewish people for 40 years in the wilderness at night and a cloud in the day. And this person whose name is I Am every day rained manna from the bakeries of heaven. It just rained down on them for 40 years. I am did all those things and many more things. So the Lord Jesus is now standing before the Jewish leaders and he's telling them, unless you believe that I am, that I am the I am, then you can't go to heaven. So then comes a blind man, and that man is because he's saying good things about the Lord Jesus. He's, he is put out of the synagogue. And it says that the Lord Jesus found him because he was looking for him. And it goes on in, in John 9.35. John 9.35. Jesus heard that he had been cast him out. And when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? Again, let's think about it this way. Dost thou believe on God the Son? He answered and said, Who is he? Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him. It's he that's talking with you. It's he that's talking with you. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. This man who had been blind worshipped him. And, the Lord, and, and so the Lord asked the blind man if he believes on, on the Son of God, if he believes on God the Son, the man says, who is he? And in no uncertain terms, the Lord Jesus says, it's me. It's the one who's talking to you right now. I'm God the Son. And the man falls down. He worships Jesus as God. And Jesus doesn't say to him, no, 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 stand back up. Oh, no, you got it all wrong. You shouldn't do that. When the prophecy came for his birth, back in Isaiah 7:14, and then recounted in Matthew 1:23. In Matthew 1:23, it says, Behold, a virgin shall conceive. Sorry, in Matthew 1:23, it says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. This person who is going to be born is told this is going to be, what's going to happen when he's born, he's going to be God with us. Im Anu El. It's a, he's going to be Im is together. Anu is our, and El is God. He's going to be it so that we can be together. When he's here, we can be together with God. Im Anu El. And he's called this because this is God who came to man. And Isaiah, when he was identifying who this was, Isaiah is trying to describe all that he can about who he is. And he says in Isaiah 9.6, Isaiah 9.6, for unto us, he's talking about the Jewish people, unto us, everybody, unto us, a child is born, 
Unto us a son is given, and the government's going to be on his shoulders, and his name is going to be called Wonderful Counselor, and the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.